This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. Look, before we start this episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast, I need to tell you something. I need your help. I need you, when you finish with the episode, to go to the platform you've listened to this podcast on and give me a rating, a review, and to subscribe too. It helps me cheat the algorithm and get more ears on the podcast. And know this, I'm very grateful for it. Also, I have a substack where I write about music and film and telly and all sorts of stuff. I love it if you sign up for dispatches. There are different price options, five quid a month, 50 quid a year, and for that, you get access to loads of exclusive writing and podcasts. It's the most helpful thing you can do to support the stuff I make. And again, I'd be so grateful. That's spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank Jesus. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. Ah, oh, shit! You're listening to the James McMahon Music Podcast. And I'm your host, James McMahon! And this is a Spoo Media Production. What have you done to me? There's some alien strain consuming my blood. That's right. I know that's right. What I want to know is what is it? Why have you done it? You're frightened. You're damn right I'm frightened. It's natural. You don't know what's happening to you, but there's nothing to be frightened of. As long as you put your face in me, give me time, trust me. Trust you. I did trust you, and look what happened. Little clip of 1981 cult horror movie The Hunger There, starring Catherine Tetendenev, Susan Saradin, and the late, great David Bowie. And on this episode, I'm speaking to the fame, that's French for the hunger, see what I'm doing here, specifically singer Josh Raven, as the two of us discuss the Australian band's recently released second album, the ferociously catchy Talk Talk. Let me tell you something about interviewing bands. Sometimes it's easy. We speak to a musician and the truth pours out of their mouths. Sometimes it's much harder. It's like digging for diamonds. You have to get right in there and wiggle the shiny bits in the soil until they fall out. This interview is a bit closer to the latter than the former, but if you stick with us, then I think what follows is an honest portrait of the reality of being in a band in 2022. And a band who I cannot possibly imagine not being a band who will at some point fulfill their lofty ambitions. And on that note, let's chow down. Can you can you hear me all right? This is my this is my virgin voyage with my new microphone, so uh which is very exciting for no one but me, but it's very exciting for me. So I just want to make sure you can hear me. Right? No, no, the quality, it's, it's a little bit quiet, but the quality and everything sounds amazing. But besides that, it's awesome. Oh, smashing. I haven't quite worked out how to turn it up yet, but I'll, I'll try and project a little bit more. Nah, you're all good, mate. Smashing. Cool. So where are you right now? I am currently in Wollongong in Australia. So kind of in a regional part of Australia at the moment, which is cool. It's actually quite a nice city, which is nice. So, um, yeah. So, you're on tour right now? Yeah, currently on the Australian tour. 
smashing. How's it been going? It's been good, man. It's been good. Like it's been um, certainly we haven't been to Australia for a long time. So there's, you know, obviously certain variables that come with that. But it's been good to be back in Oz and seeing a lot of friends and seeing a lot of familiar faces, which has been super cool. So, no, it's been fun, man. What are the variables? Well, uh, it's been two and a half, three years since we've played here. So when we're playing to like sort of regional parts we haven't played before, there's um, certain crowd levels that we're not used to well uh, compared to Europe. But, you know, that's just being um, straight honest in that sense. But honestly, the shows have still been amazing, regardless of um, the amount of people there. It's still been a lot of fun. So I've been spending quite a lot of time with the with the record. Congratulations on that. Um, it's So it's been out like, what, a, a week, two weeks now? Um, uh, probably about two weeks, man. I'm not. I'm not really keeping count. July eighth, I believe. Um, I so I feel like this record. Well, I mean, I've heard I've heard the band talk about this as well, but like, I feel like this record is very much about growth, which sort of ties in a little bit with almost like what you're saying, kind of like being away for a while. Am I am I on base there? Yeah, man. Like, I guess the the second record has elements of introspectiveness throughout it. You know, like there's definitely um, certain layers to it that uh, lend itself to that. And also, I guess, overall, there's more of a a common theme amongst quite a few of the songs, whether it's down to it being about love or relationships or whatever it is, there's a, there's a positive introspectiveness amongst the album uh, in that regard. I mean, there's, there's this thing with the new single, Me Because of You, where... I, I read you talk about almost like letting go of a past version of yourself, and I guess that kind of what's what that kind of makes me think is, well, like how how do you feel like you've changed in that time? Um, yeah, I think we've changed a lot. I don't think that song necessarily represents letting go of a past self. I think that song literally is just straight down the line, representing about the positivities between a relationship of someone making someone else better. And I think that's kind of where that song lies. But you're still right in the sense of where there's elements of that um, feeling of growth and stuff throughout the album. And um, especially in the songs, you know, like Ease My Mind, The Hills and Flowers, like you can kind of hear those elements amongst it. But me, because of you, is pretty much a straight down the line. I'm better because I'm in a relationship with you kind of song. Um, I'm just going to quote your press release back at you here. Me, because of Go you. Go for it, bro. Me because of you was written about embracing change and letting go of a past version of yourself, says bassist Stephen Birkins. The lyrics recognise the huge impact that someone else can have on the process. The song was a huge milestone for us, and it's our first release that has been self-produced. Exclamation mark. For me, as the the singer of the band, I don't. Uh, I I guess I get a different feeling from it because I was I didn't write that song. Steve wrote that song, so I guess that's what it's about for him. Right. But right. for me, when I come at it from an outside perspective, that just seems like what it's about for me. But at the end of the day, you know, that's, that is what the song's about, letting go of that past version of yourself and embracing the relationship. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I know, I know that when I was in a band that uh, I wrote the songs and wrote the lyrics and stuff, and quite often other members of the band would be like, what's a song about? And I'd tell them and they would get a completely different reading of it. Yeah, no, I think it, it, it tends to happen quite a bit. And also I think the meanings of songs tend to change depending on the flavour of what's going on around at the time. So I think that just kind of, you know, like sometimes the songs, the meaning of them changes as the person changes. I can, I can see that. I can see that. 
So, so I guess the, the my real question is: it's such a kind of big, bold record. Uh, you know, like I, I, I'd heard your band before, like I'd heard the first record, and you know, I thought that you were a, a good, um, tuneful, melodic kind of pop rock band. And when I heard the new record, like it really threw me because it sounded like all of that but sort of to the power of 10. And for a second there, I was almost like, well, it sounds like them, but it also doesn't sound like them as well. Like, do you feel a little bit like, um, you know, with the pandemic happening and general sort of chaos in the world, do you feel a little bit like this is like a fresh start in a way? Um, For this record, I think it's the beginning of a fresh start. You know, really this record took two and a half to three years to create and there was a lot of challenges and obstacles faced amongst that as individuals and as a band and as much time as we had with the process it was also a very rushed process so i think there's so many variables amongst it as as to why the album is the way it is but also as to where we find ourselves moving forward from it because really I think we, we've released this album and we also, once we've released it, we think, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step moving forward? How can we grow? How can we develop? How can we make this writing experience the best that it possibly is? And the reality is we're beyond excited to start writing more because this really is just the catalyst for things moving forward because we do want to take more ownership. We do want to take more responsibility and we do want to wear every one of our songs on all of our chests and know that it's a part that represents each of us individually. And I think that's the steps we're going to be taking moving forward. I mean, obviously the journalist in me, uh, you know, there's the sort of key words that when you interview bands or whoever, you almost hear the words and you go, okay, I need to know more about that. But so, you know, for, forgive my praying, but what, what were the, what were the obstacles of the, of the last couple of years with the exception of a, a unprecedented global pandemic? Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah, like you say, like with the exception of a global pandemic, there was also everyone's personal lives. You know, that was not necessarily an obstacle, but everyone has their own things respective outside of the band. For me personally, it was a lot of, you know, mental, like just a lot of growth that needed to happen, whether it was, you know, taking some ownership of my mental health or physical health. That was a big part for, for me personally. But then also everyone just taking time for their own lives because, you know, when you spend two and a half to three years out of something, it's not like we're this massive global band that can do that and still be able to live and have a home and, and function. So, you know, everyone still has to take time to figure that sort of stuff out because we don't have that luxury in that regard. And don't get me wrong, we're an incredibly lucky band and we're very fortunate to do what we do. But when it comes to, you know, life stuff, you know, it can be very grounding because you still need to pay rent, you still need to pay bills and you still need to live your life. And on top of whatever issues you're going on outside of that. So there's a lot of variables like that. And it's also a case of distance. So communicating with each other, whether that's over WhatsApp, over Zoom, and that being amicable and healthy, you know, and that's still something we're very much figuring out now because everyone being in different sort of places, it created its own sort of challenges amongst the writing process, you know, in that sort of regard, because we do believe that the songs ultimately always become better when everyone has a voice in it. And that's kind of our mentality as a band moving forward from now. Um, it, 
sounds like I guess sort of it. I guess I feel I can sort of slightly sense an elephant in the room that some of that stuff might have been challenging. Oh yeah, of course. Like you've got four different, very different personalities. It's the same with any band and any sort of group of people who work together. When you have four perspectives on music and four very different ones and different influences and different approaches you're always going to have a sort of conflict but that's the best part of creating music and that's the best part of when you get to the end result of that music where you find the uniqueness because if we all had the same mind and we all approach music the same way we just get the watered down version of what we think is cool and then we don't actually reach anything that's unique or actually grow to a point and that's kind of what we want to do as musicians and artists is we want to grow and we want to find our art amongst it all and that's a a never-ending process and that's the same for anyone i think that's a testament to a great band if they all have different perspectives and can still work through all of those kinks and obstacles then that's when you find a band that's really special i um i sort of have a theory i mean you guys knew you were like at school together right yeah steve and i went to school together yeah i mean i always have this theory that uh that being in a band just sort of sends you nuts. Like, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, you know, my uh, when I was in a band, like, I was in a band with someone, you know, who was and is, like, my, you know, best friend. And he, uh, I remember once doing a radio session and the two of us having this enormous row. And I think it was about, I think we, we, I think it was about we were all skin. And I think, <laughs> I think one of us had, like, basically had something to eat and not shared it with the other person. And when I think about it now, what? when I think about it now, I just think, God, like we were so tired. The band mattered to us so much. And it just amplifies all of these heightened emotions when a band matters to you so much. Do you think that your relationship with him is, uh, do you think that it has stayed the same as when you knew each other as kids? Definitely not. Um, I think relationships over time always tend to grow and develop in, in whatever way that tends to be. And I think when you're in a band, you don't just have a relationship with someone. Like you're not just living with someone. You also rely on them. You're also in a business with them. You're also depending on them to make the right decisions every day that represents everyone else. So it's not just, you know, showing and playing the gig or practicing your parts or whatever it is. It's there's so many other layers to it. And I think in a way that deepens the relationship and it becomes more than just a friend or more than just a business partner, but it also does invite its own complications because it's, it's not easy. And when you live together and you're touring for three months at a time, it's not exactly the, the most amicable con- conditions. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. You're not eating as much as you'd like every day. You do 17, 18 hour van drives. You've got all these sorts of variables in the mix. It's, it's important to recognize those variables and understand them for what they are because they can affect, like you say, like when you look back on it now, I'd imagine, oh, that was unreasonable. I shouldn't have acted that way. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. something we always have to check ourselves with every day because sometimes you can act emotionally upon things without really thinking it through because it's not easy. Like the, the shit we do as, as a band or as musicians, as anyone does, is not easy. Like, much as people like to look through the lens of social media and think that everything's gravy and playing these amazing shows, which it is amazing and it is incredible and there's no disregard to that at all, but it doesn't come without its sacrifice. There is always 
the other end to keep in mind. And I, that I think that's something we're being more honest about moving forward because we've always we're very easygoing people and we're always so happy and we always love what we're doing. But I think it's important for people to recognize the work and and the hard hardships that go into it because not everyone can can do it really. <laughs> No, not without no. luck as well. Like we've, we're also incredibly lucky on top of all the hard work, you know? So, no, I mean, I, uh, increasingly, I, uh, I mean, I guess that when I first started doing this and I would like, and I would go interview bands and I was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just think that like the buzz of playing must be incredible, but like with every year that passes more and more, I think, more and more, I sort of think the appeal of being in a band is quite diminished, actually. Like, mm. whether it's, you know, uh, like, I mean, none of these things are like, none of these things sound very cool to talk about because it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like art, right? You're not talking about art. But, you know, increasingly, like, it's harder to to um, break even as a band. Uh, I mean, that ship is you know, a ship is out in the ocean right now, you mm. know, like the economics of it all. But also just like the the scrutiny that you're under, like the fact that you have to always be accessible. Like, mm. you know, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, you're all working down the pit or anything, but it it's definitely not, it definitely doesn't look as fun as I think it, I maybe thought it was at one point. No, I mean, and you're bang on, man. Like the reality is you're not being like, unreasonable or irrational or looking at it through the wrong lens like lens that's the reality of when you see past everything that's going on because there is more scrutiny there is more of those things that come into play and the reality is the show is when we're playing and doing these tours and doing the show is the highlight connecting with people playing the music like that is the highlight out of that one hour out of the 23 hours of the day that is the moment like that is the thing that you're working for and you're working towards constantly and constantly trying to improve and constantly trying to grow from. I think it's less about like being what, like not worried, but being, you know, careful about like a lot of what we're saying about these sorts of things. But it's, it's like the reality is like there is more scrutiny. And especially with things like TikTok and these other things coming into the mix, like it does change the way bands especially approach music and bands especially approach their art. Like it really does change the whole game. And like, and for good or bad, I don't think anyone can really say yes or no on that. It's just, it's just a different variable that's kind of thrown into the mix. And that's how people adjust and how people kind of find their way amongst it. But, you know, I think the show always has to be the priority. And that's how it kind of is for us, really. Like we really try and make sure that the show is a show, you know, because the amount of things that we've seen in the past of seeing people that have been put on this sort of pedestal and they have all the accolades under the sun and then you go see the show and it's basically shit and then it's like, well, what do we want to be as a band? What do we want to do moving forward? Yeah. And that's kind of what's important, you know. That, that's what keeps us going as a band, you know, like because I feel like those sorts of things will rise to the top because they're a genuine feeling and a genuine emotion rather than just, you know, doing what's, I guess, cool for the moment. There's almost kind of like a slight um, uh, kind of conflict there, though, I guess, is that 
Mm. You know, you're sort of talking about kind of wanting to make it more of a show, but then there's also that kind of thing of like connecting with people. And I sometimes wonder, you know, like when I when you can see like an amazing kind of stadium rock band, like it always amazes me like when you when when you feel moved by it because i'm always like oh this is so detached from um you know so distant and it's so big and all of those things sort of don't necessarily lend themselves to connection right but like then you can see like a band in a club and you like you can see the whites of their eyes so kind of what's the what's what's the balance like when you're saying you're working on trying to make that amazing show like what's what what goes into that well, I guess like the balance can always be determined by an outside perspective, but really it's always down to the individual because there's always going to be people that say like, oh, it was more genuine when they were playing smaller shows or it was more exciting when they were playing bigger shows. It's really down to the individual to decide what that is up to them because there's always going to be that opinion. There's always going to be that person saying it's not good enough or it is too good or it's not enough of this and not enough of that. Like that's always going to be apparent of when you're like representing an art or when you're trying to put yourself forward. It's really down to the artist to define for themselves of what they think is most honest of themselves. And they owe that to the people that are coming to them to willing to listen because that's what they want to see. They don't want to see an, an idea of what you think you are. They want to see the real part of yourself. And that's why you get people who are coming back to shows 10 to 15 years later. And that's the real beauty of music and the real beauty of creating a community amongst music rather than it is about trying to just cater to an idea of how you think it should be. And the only person who can decide about what that idea is, is the artist themselves. And it's about taking ownership amongst that. And for us, we've done bits and pieces of that, but I think that's something we're still very much discovering now. And I think that comes into not just the music and the live performance, but the lighting and the the imagery and the and the, the performance amongst the whole show, like there's so many things that go into that that really define what that show means to people and to the people playing it, really. So what time is it over there? I presume it's quite late. It is 7 p.m., my friend. You've got a show tonight? No, mate. Thankfully, we do not have a show tonight. We had the show last night, so we have a few days off. What are you going to do with your evening? I'm going to eat a lot of food, my friend. That is what I'm going to do with my evening. I'm going to eat a disgusting amount of food and then yell at my bandmates about things that don't matter. Living the dream. Oh, that's the dream, mate. The fact that I get to yell at our bandmates about nothing that matters is super important. That's, it's actually important to the dynamic of a healthy band, like me creating false things for our tour manager so he stresses out for no apparent reason at all. Like That is the functioning dynamic of a band. I feel a little bit like I feel a little bit like we spent this entire conversation with you doing this incredible kind of portrayal as like a young man who's got his head screwed on, you know, working things out, and you know, really understands kind of how you know how your band can you know be increasingly successful. And then in the last couple of minutes, you just you just revealed, <laughs> just revealed your true self. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a chameleon. So that was episode sixty. Thanks to Josh for the chat. Thanks to Hayley Connolly for hooking us up. The theme tune is by the band Jobbers. And I'll see you soon.
If you want to win the game, you gotta take a good aim and get the most marbles with your hippo. Playing hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos is the name of the game, and whosoever hippo gets the most marbles wins. Playing hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos. I win. Hungry, hungry hippos from Hasbro.